Today, I am excited to bring y'all this word. And I, I have not used a lot of wisdom this morning. We had songs that were intense, and so I sang them intensely. And so now my voice feels like it's just about to crack. So if I start sounding scratchy, you can just clear your throat for me. And that's okay. It won't bother me at all. But I, I sang a little bit too hard this morning. So forgive me for that. And even though it's happened now a whole lot of times, many times since I first began preaching, I'm still amazed at the way that God piques my interest in a topic and then guides my thoughts through the process of formulating it. Because whenever, whenever I, I am ministering a word, I'm not getting that topic off of a website or, or off of somewhere, somewhere else. Most of the time, whenever I'm preaching a message, I have heard something or something that I have read in the scripture has prompted a thought. And the way that that thought comes into my mind, I know that it's not just me. That it was, I, I normally would not have had that thought reading that thing or hearing that thing. And so I'll write it down. I've got, in, whenever I take notes in my, my little book that I take notes on, on the right-hand page, I write down notes from the actual sermon or lesson itself. And then the left-hand page is for anything that wasn't necessarily said, but all of a sudden God prompted my mind with that. And so this topic, God prompted my mind two weeks ago before I knew I was preaching this service, and it flows on the heels of what Brother Bruce preached on Wednesday night. I didn't know what he was preaching. And then Brother Chris this morning was using some of the same verbiage and language in what he spoke as what I have in my notes. And I didn't know I knew the topic he was going on, but I didn't know where he was going. And God's awesome. If we'll just let him be, God is awesome. So today, we're going to talk about filling in the broken. That is our topic for today, filling in the broken. And those pictures have significance, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But if you currently feel broken or bruised, or worn out, or otherwise less than in some way, this is for you. If you are in the process of mending after being broken in some way, this is for you today. If you feel like your brokenness has been healed by God, and that chapter in your life is now a trophy of grace, this is still for you today. If you have never felt broken or defeated, thank the Lord for that. However, this is still for you today. So if you are in this place, this is for you today. We're going to start today in the book of Luke. If you have your Bibles, and just to make a correction to what Brother Bruce said Wednesday night, he accused Brother Chris and I of never bringing our Bibles to the pulpit. I bring my Bible to the pulpit every time I preach. I'm just, just letting, just making it public, just so, in, Dad, if you're watching, it's here, and you can go back on the other videos and why it's right here. 
Bibles on the left, iPads on the right, always. And, and I've also, in case any of you ever wonder, this that I bring to the platform with me, this is a towel. It's a black towel that was anointed by pastor and the other men of this church in men's conference last year. Every year I change out my towel because at men's conference, men's conference, April 27th, 28th, 29th, next week, if you're a man, I expect to see you there. If you're not a man, that's okay. It's not for you. But if you're a man, I expect to see you there. You'll get a towel with registration. And during the conference, we will all gather together as men of the Bentley United Pentecostal Church. We will anoint and pray over each other's towels. It's just a symbolic gesture of unity and of anointing together. And so if you've ever wondered, I don't sweat a lot whenever I preach, so this is not a sweating towel. This is my anointed towel by all the men that came to, to men's conference last year. And every year I bring the next year's towel and I have all the rest of them in a drawer that will eventually fill up and overflow. But I keep all of my towels. But if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 4 is where we're going. We're going to read the 18th verse. This was Jesus speaking, and he was actually preaching in the synagogue. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. It is what Jesus came here to do. We were and are broken people, and that's okay, because he came for broken people. So if you're broken, he came for you. That, that's what he said. He came to heal the broken, brokenhearted. Brokenhearted. I can't even say words today. Words are hard. But Jesus takes all of our shattered pieces and he makes them something new. And this is a concept that we talk a lot about in Christianity, and it is true. But today, we're going to, going to go a little bit deeper into detail and in a direction that I've not really taught on before to this extent. And the arresting of my thoughts and the peaking of my interest started with the Japanese art of kintsugi. And those things you see up there, that is kintsugi. Kintsugi comes from two Japanese words, kin, which means gold, and sugi, which means joinery or bringing together. So it literally means gold joinery or using gold or sometimes silver or platinum to join something together. And as a philosophy, kintsugi treats the event that caused the breaking and the process of repair as part of an object's history rather than something that needs to be covered up and glossed over and hidden. And for most all of us, if something breaks, we want to fix it. If, if it breaks, we want it fixed, if possible. However, our desired outcome in that fixing process is usually looks like putting it back to its original condition or better. If we had a fender bender and our fender got knocked in, we want it shaped out like it's supposed to be, the paint retouched so that you can't tell that there was a wreck. 
if your cell phone screen cracks, you want a new screen, not a replacement screen that just has fewer cracks. You, you want a clear screen. The point being that essentially we want to hide or cover up any trace or memory of the breaking in whatever broke. And that's not a bad thing. That, that's entirely appropriate in most instances, but there are some times when a different perspective is needed. And I believe that place is our lives. That's a place that needs the changing of perspective. This is the process of Kintsugi. It teaches and practices that the breaking and repair are part of the history of the thing and so should be displayed. The way this is done is by using a lacquer or other binder mixed with gold to put the pieces back together and the seams are filled in with gold in all of the cracks. And in this way, the object that was once broken is now repurposed, showing where it was damaged and how it broke, and it continues to be in service rather than being discarded. And is that not a beautiful physical parallel of what God does with us? Hey, the, the Bible says that there's n nothing new under the sun. God, God does this. We're broken and he puts us back together. But in his wisdom, he doesn't hide what we used to be. But he allows his light to shine through the brokenness so that others can see this is what God can do. There's nothing new under the sun. Our souls are literally God's form of kintsugi. But let's dive a little bit deeper because there's more here than just what God wants to remind us of the outcome that he can give. Because kintsugi isn't just about broken and fixed. It's also about the process that took place and what's used to do the fixing. In kintsugi, gold is mixed with the lacquer to make the beautiful repairs. So today and every day, God's question to us for this message in this time is what is filling our broken places in the cracks that existed in us what is filling in those spaces in our broken pieces see the repair that God does on us is a process you're not broken one day and all fixed up and better the next just like if you break your leg today Tomorrow, you're not going to run a marathon, no matter how good the doctor is. You, you break something today, and tomorrow, you're not going to be able to use it like you did yesterday. It just doesn't work that way because there is a healing process. It takes time. If you can't see without your glasses and you accidentally step on them and smash them, they don't fix themselves in a few minutes so that you can see again. You've got to get new glasses. It's a process that takes time. And any type of repair or putting back together generally takes time. And during that time, it's difficult for us as humans to always follow the instructions that were given. Has anyone ever had a broken bone or surgery of any kind and it was difficult for you to stay off of it or don't do whatever the doctor said don't do for as long as the doctor said. Anybody ever have trouble with that? Yeah, because we're human. We don't want to wait. 
We want it fixed right now. We want to get back to doing what we were doing right now. But so it is in the process going from being broken in our emotions, in our spirit. It stands to reason if we're that way in the physical that we might get impatient or not follow the great physician's prescriptions. So let me ask you this. In the Kintsugi method, what if that lacquer mixed with gold also had thrown into it some clay and some dirt and some leaves and some pine straw and mixed in there and then tried to use that to fill in those things? Would it still look the same? No. Would it still hold and bind as strongly? Probably not. And it's the same with us. In Matt, the book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 6, Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He's warning those that he's speaking to. Leaven is something that's added. Typically, a leaven is like yeast that you would put into dough to make it rise. It's an additive that changes the entire process and the outcome of what it was added to. And so Jesus is admonishing his disciples to beware of what the Pharisees were adding to their spirit, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, because we've been learning in first service in, in Sunday school over and over about the Pharisees and Sadducees on self-righteousness. And Jesus was saying, that's not good. If you're trying to do this all on your own and you're trying to fix yourself and follow a list to be fixed, that's not how it works. So beware of adding your own interpretations to what I have said because then you're going to end up like them. If God in us was simply a matter of inviting God in, being filled with the Holy Ghost, and then we're good to go, then why would God give such an admonition to beware about what's being added? It's because what goes in affects what comes out. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, it says, A good man or woman, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. The abundance of the heart, the abundance of what has been put in is what's going to come out. We've been broken. We've been bruised. We've been knocked down. But what has been added after that in the process? Have we allowed God to clean out the mess of the brokenness? And have we put anything else in to replace that so that what comes out is then good? Because it's one thing to be broken and, and to come to God and say, I, I can't handle this and, and to allow God to carry you through that process. But if you never allow God to replace that feeling of brokenness and those doubts and those frustrations, then what comes out of your mouth on the other side is still going to be the same as what came out of your mouth before the event happened. What we put in determines what comes out. Our income determines our outcome. If you get paid, generally income is something given to you as form of payment. 
that income you put into your bank. And that determines what you can buy. Can you afford a Lamborghini or can you afford a Ford Pinto? It depends on your income. Your income determines your outcome. So it is with the process of God filling in our brokenness. Because the Bible says that he gives beauty for ashes and strength for fear and gladness for mourning and peace for despair. For, in exchange, if we don't let go of the things that broke us, then there's nothing that God can add to us to replace that. What we allow inside our hearts and inside our minds while God works on us determines both what our fixed state looks like and how strongly we are held back together. So let's look at the, the last verse that Brother Bruce used Wednesday night in his sermon, Ephesians 4 and 19, and he did it from the New Living Translation. and says, They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. This is an admonition that Paul was giving to those in Ephesus and he, he was admonishing them not to be like this but that last word impurity the only way you can have something that is impure is if something corrupting has been added to what once was pure impurity implies that in the past it was pure but at some point it became contaminated and no longer is pure it is entirely possible for us to contaminate what God is doing in our lives by allowing in filth where there should be holiness and righteousness. And is righteousness and holiness really that important? Let's look at two verses. Our main scripture from Sunday school since June, Matthew 5 and 20. For I say unto you, Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Period. No comma, no semicolon, no further explanation. Period. Hebrews chapter 12 and 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So yeah, I, I think it's kind of important that we have holiness and righteousness on the inside. I want to see Jesus. I want to go to heaven. That's where the Lord's going to be. If I'm not going to see him, it means I'm not going to be there. So righteousness and holiness is important and it cannot coexist with filth and us still be the picture of that, of grace, where God has filled in our broken places. So that means I have to be careful what goes into the process of God filling in my brokenness on a day-to-day -day basis, a continual basis every day. Now, I'm going to shift gears, and it's going to seem like I'm running off on a rabbit trail, but hang with me. I promise it all comes back together. We've talked before about shouting and what it does to the air in front of you and I'll briefly recap for any of you that may not remember or may not have heard it before there was research done on how positive and negative words affect physically the air in front of you 
we know that those that speak positively about their situations generally tend to have a better self-esteem. They generally tend to have a better outlook on life. And positive people generally tend to do much, much better and have higher chances of survival in cases of cancer and other critical ailments. But this research was trying to figure out just how that worked. And it works because that's the way God designed it. But they were trying to figure out the mechanics of how that works. And part of what they found out was that positively spoken words and negatively spoken words that were the same words but that were spoken in a positive way or in a negative way literally affected the air in front of the speaker differently based on whether it was positive or negative. And not only that, but at their research also found that at certain decibel levels and certain frequencies, the sound waves coming out of the voice would literally create tears in the fabric of the air molecules in front of the person instead of just pushing them against one another. So then the air in front of you is literally changed differently based on what you say and with enough force or at certain frequencies you can rip apart the fabric and the structure of the air in front of you. And the Bible says that the enemy is Ephesians 2 and 2. Wherein, in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. And if we've shouted our way through to a victory, if we've shouted our Jericho walls down, if we've shouted and literally torn holes in his kingdom, if we've spoken faith and literally moved his kingdom in such a way that the power of God can break through, and the enemy's kingdom, the depression, the attack, or whatever else has been torn apart and we're on the other side, that thing was in front of us spiritually or physically or emotionally, and what are we filling in that broken space with? If there used to be depression, brokenness, anger, rage, worry that was there in our minds, and God has brought us through that, what have we put in its place to occupy that space with something of God? If God removed the bad thing, what are we building where that attack or mountain once stood? It's important to consider because Luke chapter 11, verses 24 through 26. Now this is talking about whenever a demon is cast out. But this is what it says. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through the dry places. Talking about the spirit. Seeking rest and finding none. And he saith, I will return unto my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then goeth he, and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Because the house was cleaned out, but it was never filled with anything else. It was left empty. If nothing replaced what was there before, then there is a void or a gap, and something will fill it. If we don't fill it in with the things of God, then there will be some other substance that fills in our gaps, and we won't look like that. 
God doesn't do the work in us and then we just go skipping off through the daisies. We are made new and then we need to plant new things inside of ourselves through reading the word, through prayer, through fasting, through hearing sound teaching. And we are made new. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And God is doing a new thing right here today in our midst, and we have to be an active part of what is going on. Look at this image. This is an artist rendition of Kintsugi on human form. That's what we look like whenever we've been broken and then God puts us back together. And the scars that we had, God fills in those places with His gold, with His spirit, with His pure gold. And today in this place, God has impressed upon me that it's time for all of us to do some house cleaning. Today it's time to make sure that there's only gold, only the things of God in what we are letting enter into our hearts and into our minds. If you've got some junk that needs to be cleaned out today, you can do it right here and right now. If you would stand with me. If you've been broken and you need God to start that process of healing and mending and putting back together today, these altars are open. If you've been put back together, but you feel like there's been some dirt and some leaves and some pine straw that got thrown into your rebuilding process and you need to clean that out, these altars today are open. And if you're in a good place right now, and you feel like you're strong in the Lord and people are coming for prayer, then we need you who are strong in the Lord to come and to pray with those that need the Lord today. And God is calling for all of us to fill in our brokenness with the things of Him today and not with the impurities that the world brings. So they're going to play some music. And these altars are open and the rest of what happens today is up to you to all of our visitors thank you for being with us it's time to clean out our brokenness